enjoy it while it lasts. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah. So easily offended. Uh-huh. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. What's up? What's up? Anita Marks with you on this uh, Friday night here on 98.7 ESPN. is Weekend Wager brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Um, a lot that we're going to get to tonight. Uh, a lot of NBA, uh, obviously. Uh, we're in the thick of it right now. Is uh, There's a lot of jockeying going on, especially in the East. Uh, trying to better their situation, their seeding, because we are close to the postseason, um, as well as what's going on with the West. Uh, I mean, is there a chance that the Lakers could not make it to the postseason? Well, uh, game tonight is riding on it, and that tip-off is at 1030. I'm going to have a play for you, if not a few plays in that matchup, so stay tuned for that. Um, so, uh, So where do we stand right now? with the number of NBA games in action. The Rockets 102, the Kings 98, the Suns. How about this? The Suns and the Grizzlies. Um, uh, the Grizzlies pretty much sat everyone tonight. Um, Morant didn't play. Bain didn't play. Uh, J3 didn't play. You name it. Uh, Adams didn't play. But meanwhile, the Grizzlies are up 106 to 95 uh, against the Suns, uh, Booker, 25 points, three, three rebounds, four assists. So watch out for this Grizzlies team. They've locked the second seed. Uh, but this, and, and, and tonight this matchup, uh, again, 106 to 95, about three minutes left. I just want to see, yeah, Chris Paul's playing. So Chris Paul's playing, Devin Booker's playing, Devin Booker, uh, Chris Paul, 28 points, uh, only eight assists. Um, Booker, 25 points. Um, uh, and, and just looking at what's going on here with the Grizzlies. Like I said, um, you had a number a number of, of guys that, that did not play tonight for the, for the Grizzlies, but still beating the Suns 106-95, to 95, and this very well could be a preview of the Western Conference Championship. So just to give you a little, little, little look ahead of what potentially could come, a lot of people are anticipating the Suns to win the championship this year, they are favored. Um, it's just an interesting time right now as we get closer to the postseason. Uh, you've got the Clippers and the Bucks as well. Uh, the Bucks rested a number of their players. The Clippers did not. They're beating them by 40 points. <laughs> it's just a, just a very, very interesting, interesting evening. The Wizards took care of the Mavs. 135 to three. These 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 scores are just ridiculous. Uh, the Celtics they win again, 128 to 123. But more importantly, uh, this is a gambling show, and we're here to try to help you win some money. And there's still one more game on the docket that has not tipped off yet, and that is the Lakers going up against the Pelicans. Tip off is at 10:30 p.m. So in just about 21 minutes. So how would I play this? I do like the Pelicans tonight. Uh, they're favored by one and a half, two in some places, um, uh, for a number of reasons. I, I know AD is expected to play tonight. Uh, he's going to be a quote-unquote game-time decision. I'm uh, just curious. Last I checked, uh, I'm going to refresh and see if there's any, any, any announcement in that regard to uh, LeBron James. He's going to be good to go. Um, 
And yeah, so AD and LeBron James are both supposed to be active tonight against the Pelicans. How much time is AD going to get? Really, that's the big question mark here because he's been on the shelf for quite a while now. We haven't seen him play since the All-Star break. I would imagine that he's going to be on some type of minutes count. I would imagine. Keep in mind, LeBron James dealing with an ankle issue as well. Uh, That defense ranked 28th defensive rating, by the way, in the NBA. And... Here, here's another thing that I find really interesting about this matchup. Yes, it's the Pelicans. Yes, they've won six of their last nine. They're in that ninth spot right now in the West. So they're competing with the Spurs as well as the Lakers to try to get in and be that 10th seed so that they can make it into that play-in game. So there's a lot riding for him. Not, not that there's not a lot riding for the Lakers, but this is a Pelicans team that really has done well. Again, they've won six of their last nine. McCollum, since the trade, he's averaging 26 points per game, shooting 50%. Ingram, 23 points per game, which, by the way, uh, McCollum, you could get over 22 and a half points on the night at minus 120. So these would be my two plays. Again, not to take anything away from the fact that AD is expected back tonight. I do expect him to be on a minutes count. Will he play 20 minutes, 22 minutes, 25? I doubt that he'll play 30. LeBron James dealing with an ankle issue as well. The Pelicans, they've won six of their last nine. Uh, The team is averaging 116 points a game. They are allowing 109. Uh, But what was really uber impressive was in their last matchup, they were, I want to say they were down by 10, came out the second half and outscored their opponent 67 to 39, and then ending up winning the game by 10. So I, I just think this is a Pelicans team that are, are rolling on all cylinders right now. Uh, you know, where where I would imagine the Lakers, because AD has been on the shelf uh, for so long, and AD, LeBron, and Westbrook, there's only so many games that uh, those three have played together. I think it's going to take them just a hot second to uh, to gel and kind of get back into the groove of things. So I do. So with that being said, I do like the Pelicans tonight. Again, you could jump on them at minus one and a half. McCollum over twenty two and a half points. Those are the two plays that I like in 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 that final NBA game that you can still get some action on, and that's going to tip off in about fifteen minutes. Anita Marks with you. Quick break. We come back. Uh, we'll dive into a number of of, of other topics. One. And, and probably the biggest, and, and it is the Final Four, right? I mean, there's a lot going on, obviously, waiting for Major League Baseball to get in action. Uh, the NBA in full force and, and the the layout, the design, uh, the seating in regard to the NBA. We'll see how that all works out. Uh, that's, that's taking shape. It's taking form right now, which is really fun to kind of watch the next, what, five or six games that are still remaining for a number of teams in the NBA to see how it all pans out. Um, we're, we're on the cusp of it's, it's April 2nd, right? So we're on the cusp of just uh, 27 days away or 26 days away from the, from the NFL draft. And so there's a lot we can wager on in regard to the NFL draft. Also something really exciting that I'm going to get into tonight is the, uh, the win, uh, win totals for all the 32 NFL teams came out this week. So Cynthia Freeland is going to join me on the program, and we're going to dive into those. Uh, we'll talk about the Giants. We'll talk about the Jets. Uh, the Giants, 7.5 over-under win total. The Jets, 5.5 over-under win total. So we'll dive into that with Cynthia Freeland. We'll talk some NFL. Um, 
And obviously, I've buried the lead here. And of course, the lead is the final four. And we are really blessed to have, in my opinion, a really fantastic final four that's going to take place tomorrow between, uh, of course, uh, Kansas and, uh, and, and Villanova and then, of course, Duke and UNC. Still, still trying to wrap my head around the fact that this will be the first time that Duke and UNC will face each other in March Madness. In this tournament, I, I just, I, I just, I can't, I can't believe that this is the first time those two teams will face each other. Uh, Kansas is favored by four. Duke is favored by four as well. So we'll dive into that. I'll give you my picks and my plays there. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports is going to join us on the program as well. We've got a golf tournament that's taking place right now. Uh, it's the, it's, it's in Texas. Uh, it's, 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 it's the week before the Masters. So it's not like you have like a lot of really big name players that that golfers that that partake in the Valero, but uh, but we will dive into it. I'll share the leaderboard with you. Who do I like heading into the weekend? And I think it's important we also talk about the Masters. This will be uh, my uh, my my last opportunity to give you some insight in regards to the Masters on this gambling show before the Masters tees off, uh, of course, on Thursday. And there's some talk and speculation that Tiger Woods is expected to partake uh, in the Masters. And by the way, you can you can wager on that, not in regard to how Tiger Woods finishes, whether he makes the cut or not, whether he finishes in the top 40, top 20, top 10, potentially win it. Uh, but you can actually wager if he just plays, because there is some talk and speculation that he will play, but uh, we're not going to have a, a, a true definite answer until next week. So that's that's quite interesting as well. So as you can see, there's a lot to get into. Anita Marks with you on this Friday night. It is uh, Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. And... We've got we've got some some basketball ahead of us. That's for sure. Uh, Final four tomorrow, six o'clock, tip off. You got Villanova going up against Kansas. Uh, Kansas is favored now at, at by four. The line was four and a half. It's dropping. The majority of the public is on Kansas, um, but I have a feeling because this line is dropping that uh, that is going to change. And I have a feeling as we get closer to tip off tomorrow, I want to imagine that there's. going to be some money on Villanova. I just can't do it. I think Kansas is the better team here. Um, I think, I think that Kansas is the best team still remaining out of the four with all due respect to Duke and UNC and Villanova. Listen, I don't think a lot of people expected Villanova to come this far. I don't think a lot of people expected Villanova to come out of their region. A lot of people had, if you recall, a lot of people had Arizona coming out of that region. I had, I, I had a mix of Tennessee and Houston um, of course, Villanova beat Houston, which I don't know how they did it. Uh, if you go and you, you look at all the statistics, the, the, the statistics in that game, uh, Houston outshot them, had better field goal percentage. I want to say, I, I mean, it wasn't by much. I think it was like only by like 1%. But nonetheless, both Houston and Villanova shot below 30% in that game. I want to say Villanova was 28%. Houston was 29%. The biggest difference is that Houston... Uh, he, they missed uh, five straight, their, their last five straight shots. I want to say they missed 10 of their last 11 shots and went 20, went, went one for 20 from downtown behind the three-point line. And so that was the big reason why Houston lost. So 
on top of that, you've got a Villanova team now that uh, Justin Moore is uh, is is now out, uh, unfortunately, because of his Achilles. So, and he's the the second best player on this roster. Not just offensively, he provides about anywhere between fifteen to sixteen points per game, but also defensively as well. So, and you've got Jay Wright. Uh, typically, what any given night, you're talking about a, a six man rotation, which is is not deep. And that was one of the biggest knocks, right, of Villanova coming into the tournament was that they just did not have a deep rotation. Uh, now it's it's five. Do you want to call that a rotation? No, you can't because you need five guys on the court. So now Jay's going to have to go to bench players who aren't aren't used to playing, uh, you know, solid minutes um, in in a game or especially a game of this magnitude and and of this importance where you win and now you you're you're going to the ship. You're going to the championship. So. Uh, for all those reasons, plus I just, Remy Martin really has been, and I'll use the word elixir, uh, the, the difference maker for Kansas and him getting healthy when he did and being able to come off. I mean, he's coming off the bit. You talk about a, a tale of, of two stories and that is Remy Martin is, is, is scoring 20 points off the bench. Meanwhile, Villanova's not utilizing many bench players, let alone combined to put 20 points up. Now, what does what does Villanova have going for them? Uh, free throw shooting. I, I mean, their their free throw shooting percentage. I want to say is over eighty percent. Where uh, Kansas, I don't even think they rank in the in the top one hundred. So, but other than that, to me, that's that's the and Bill Self. You want Bill Self or you know um, Jay Wright, two solid coaches. I wouldn't say one coach has one leg up on the other. Um, so where where you know where, where does Villanova have the advantage again free throw percentage but is that going to win it for them I just don't think so I think Kansas is the most complete team still alive in uh, in in the postseason in in March Madness and the only one seed let's be honest still alive in March Madness so anyway with for all those reasons I'm all over Kansas minus four and a half I also like the under here at one thirty three. I think with Justin Moore out, uh, again, I, I think with him out and the fact that Villanova is coming off of a game against Houston where they only shot 30%. Now, is Kansas' is Kansas' is, is Kansas's defense as good as the Cougars? No, it's not. But um, But it's still good. It's still really good. So I just, I just unfortunately, because I like Jay Wright so much, and and I do enjoy watching Villanova. I just think they've met their match. So I will lay, lay the points with Kansas at minus four and a half. And then later on in the evening, we've got uh, UNC North Carolina going up against Duke. Duke's favored by four, four and a half in some places. It's dropped down to four. The over under is at one fifty one. I love, I love UNC here, <clears throat> and I, I know a lot of people are, uh, you know, whether you know you you might not be a Duke fan but you're probably rooting and cheering for Coach K and the Dukies just because this is the swan song. <clears throat> this, is, this is his Cinderella story. This is, and, and you always want to see somebody uh, who's had a, a, immense, such immense success like, um, like Coach K has to go out on top. But uh, I, I, I do believe that this is where uh, he, he, his, his Cinderella story ends 
unfortunately. I just, this UNC team, now keep in mind, let's go back before the tournament began, right? And it was Duke's senior night. It was the last night at home for Coach K. Um, I know there was a lot of pressure on those, those young men to win because it was the last night. It was senior night. They were at home. They had this big ceremony. And if you watched it after the game, it was uber uncomfortable. Um, even Coach K, the first thing he said was, you know, this was unacceptable. This performance was unacceptable. Yeah, UNC beat them 94 to 81. So for me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, UNC, knowing that they beat Duke already on their home court in a hostile environment, 94 to 81, to me, UNC's got to be coming in here with some added swag. Meanwhile, Duke, the pressure, imagine just, imagine we're talking about, we're talking about 18, 19 year old, and I'll call them men with all due respect, with the pressure of, of, what this season means to a coach that I, I would imagine that they love dearly and going up as, uh, against a team that was able to put 94 points up against them. Listen, that was one of the biggest criticisms about Duke coming into this, this tournament. They ranked 44th in the country in defensive efficiency. So, um, so this is again, I, I just, the way that UNC I, I feel can match up against Duke um, they can contest in the paint. They've only allowed 90 points in the paint this tournament. They're the second best rebounding team in the tournament. Um, they are long. They are athletic. They've got size, and they they contest, and they have a, they have really good perimeter defense. And that's been a big key. You know, Duke has shot 50% this tournament. In some games, they shot 65 to 70% in some games. But all, overall, in average, they've shot 50% this tournament. I just think that this is, this is a much different defense. This is a much more athletic team than I think, you know, than, than what they have gone up against. And not to take anything away from Texas Tech, because Texas Tech um, had a great defense. But they had an off night. It was an off-Texas Tech team that went up against Duke. UNC's got a deeper roster. And I do believe that this is going to be a track meet. So, a few ways that I'm playing this. Number one, I'm playing UNC. I'm, I'm going to take the points with UNC. Um, I do like the over here. Uh, the last six meetings between these two teams, the over has hit. And I believe it will hit again tomorrow night. My favorite bet, and this might be the safest bet, if uh, if you agree or, or disagree in regard to who you think is going to win, or maybe you don't want to root against Duke because you like the storyline and you want you want Coach K's uh, swan song to continue another game. Um, you can bet that the winning margin is going to be within five points, and and to me, um, I I think. I think I think that's the best bet of all of anything anything that you could wager tomorrow. I just I think this this UNC Duke game is going to be pretty close, and I think it it could both these teams shoot exceptionally well from the free throw line. So I I, I think that I think that the winning margin is going to be within five points, and I think that could be a fun bet to make where you're not deciding on you know on one side or another, and so that's how I'm playing. Uh, the final four tomorrow night. 
um, I will uh, I will share with you as as well what what some of the futures bets. It's it's kind of cool. Not only can you not only can you bet on obviously the games for tomorrow, but you can bet on what you think the the final two are going to be. Right, so there's actual lines out there. If you think it's it's Kansas and UNC, there's lines out there. If you think it's going to be Villanova and Duke, and I will share those with you as well um, during the program tonight. Anita Marks with you. It is Week in Wager. Quick break. We come back. Cynthia Freeland is going to join us. Like I said, this week, uh, it's and I find this really interesting that the win total. For the win total lines for all 32 NFL teams. Well, not all 32. Um, the win total for the Cleveland Browns have not has not been posted. That's the only team that does not have a win total because we still don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson and his uh, possible suspension from the NFL. So, so for 31 teams, there are win totals out there. Like I said just a second ago, Giants seven and a half, the Jets five and a half. So. Cynthia and I kind of take our tour around the NFL. I get her, her thoughts on the Giants and Jets. Obviously, I chime in and then uh, get her take on, on a few of the other win totals out there that, that tickle her fancy and ones that tickle mine as well. So, uh, and, and I would love to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776, and, uh, and hear from Giants and Jets fans. Again, Giants 7.5, Jets 5.5. So curious, what side are you on? Over, under, for both Jets and Giants as well. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. And one of my favorite people on the planet uh, is joining us here, and that's Cynthia Friedland. You can see her all over the NFL Network. And I have her on because this week the win totals for all 32 teams in the NFL came out. So I thought, oh, it'd be great to have her on. And let's talk about it right now because we're, we're, I think we're in a really interesting state where free agency is kind of dwindling down. Yeah, there's still a few question marks. There's still a few players looking to find a home. Uh, but we still haven't obviously had the NFL draft yet. So I think it's really interesting that these win totals have come out because we both know they're going to change after the draft as well. So uh, so first things first, Cynthia, let's keep it home in our, in our own backyard and let's talk about the Giants and the Jets. Let's start with the Giants. Over under 7.5. Now keep in mind, from what I understand, this is a team, they're still uh, over the cap uh, by quite a bit. So chances are they're going to have to trade Bradbury. They're going to lose him. They don't, you know, I mean, obviously to, to draft, to have the, the, the top seven, two of the top seven picks in the draft is, is going to be great. And you hope that they get two players who are going to contribute. But there's a chance that, you know, Joe Shane trades one of those picks and trades down because there's, there's, a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of depth in this year's draft. With that being said, seven and a half for the Giants. Which side, which which way are you leaning here, over or under in wins? This one feels like a trick to me because, unfortunately, I think, at least at right now, I would go under that total just because I think, I don't, I, the division, I know it's not the strongest division in football, but the division got better. The interesting, I got to look, I'm, I'm curious to see who the, all of their opponents are. I know they're not playing a first-place schedule or anything, so that is great for them. And we do have 17 games, so... This one feels like a trick. I would stay away from that. I think seven is about right. Six, seven wins is going to be about right. I don't know 
they got to figure out how to protect Daniel Jones. They need James Bradbury. I don't think they're going to be able to keep him. When I look at their cap, there'd be a lot of restructuring. So, I don't know. I'm not going to be popular in New York. I'm sorry. No. Hey, listen. It's 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 not about it's not about being popular. It's not about telling the folks Giants fans <laughs> what they want to hear. It's being honest. Um, and so. <laughs> So I'm I'm with you. If this if this was at six and a half, you know I I feel that that'd be a much more fair line, um, and I would probably play the over in, in trying to be really optimistic, expecting like listen I want big things for Daniel Jones. I feel that he's gotten really uh, a raw deal here in New York. So. Uh, this offensive line, I want to believe, will have improved. I want to believe that Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy and be able to contribute out of that backfield. Um, I've got some major concerns in regard to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, this is this is going to be a rebuilding year for the Giants because uh, they're so cap-strapped and, and, and a number of other reasons uh, that has happened here. I just don't like the 7.5. So I'm with you. I'm going to go on the under for 7.5. Let's talk about the Jets. The over-under for the Jets is five and a half. Second year for Zach Wilson, as we know. Uh, expected to have a better offensive line. Made some moves in free agency. Curious to get your thoughts on what you think, uh, how, they, how they've how they done there. And also a lot of draft capital, as we know, the Jets heading into this year's NFL draft. So with that being said, the Jets, five and a half, over-under here, Cynthia. Okay, so... Half of me is about to say, okay, six wins feels about right, especially because we've seen them draft really well. I'm curious to see what happens with Zach Wilson with a better O-line. They need to get a wide receiver in there to help him out as well. I like what they did with the back half of last year's draft. They did really well in their later round picks, so you have to imagine that that continues this season. However, the AFC is a nightmare. The Dolphins got considerably better. The Bills are still really, really good. The Patriots are still really good. So I'm idle. Six feels like about right, but I don't feel confident in that one either because, unfortunately, you don't know what you have with a quarterback. It's really hard to kind of slot things as a win. If the number were five, I'd be like, okay, five. Yeah, okay, over five. But I don't know. It just ugh, feels. If it was four and a half and I could get to five, that'd be fine. But five and a half, ugh. again, not the most popular in New York today. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I'm 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 with you. I'm I'm on the under here as well. Besides, and you listed the, their, you know, their opponents in their division uh, in the AFC East. But you know, look at the other teams that they have to play, right? Uh, the Steelers, the Browns, the Broncos, the Packers, the Vikings. So uh, the Ravens, um, the Bengals. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on, seems like a fun schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm on the under here as well. I'm with you. So unfortunately, again. Uh, not not winning winning friends and uh, influencing people here in the New York area, but it's okay. Um, uh, in regard to you know the, the rest of the NFL, um, there's a few over unders that I really like. I'm curious, what's the one that stands out out to you? Whether it's an over or under that you're like, oh man, I'm playing that right now. The first one I looked for was where the Indianapolis Colts number was, and it's at nine and a half. And I think that they're definitely a double-digit win team. When you add Matt Ryan to that O-line and Jonathan Taylor still there and their defense is getting better, I think that that's an opportunity for them to kind of take a step ahead. And remember, their division is favorable. They still have the Jags who are, you know, they spent a lot of money. That doesn't necessarily make them good yet. And the Texans are a dumpster fire. So I think that it's going to be interesting for them in the division. Obviously, it's between them and the Titans. And so I think 10 wins is achievable. Uh, what what it, well, Let me ask you, because a lot of people, I think, 
and, and we're going to get into some other teams here that I think people are sleeping on, but nonetheless, you know, what is it about Matt Ryan? I, I'm with you. I, I, I like Matt Ryan in this offense. I like Matt Ryan. If you look at the statistics, Matt Ryan did more than Carson Wentz did playing with less last year. Um, so I, I, I like, I like getting Matt Ryan and him starting next year. What, what is it about this Colts team that you like? And do you feel that they have what it takes to win this division over Tennessee, Cynthia? When I saw Matt Ryan go to the Super Bowl, he was able to effectively use play action passing and play action passing is really predicated on being able to run the ball. And you can run with Jonathan Taylor on every single down. So Matt Ryan will now be able to use play action more effectively, which will also in turn keep defenses more honest, honest when defending Jonathan Taylor, not loading the box as often because there will be the threat of the pass there. So it just kind of works together. Both of the things that we've seen Matt Ryan do really, really well since college, since BC, you got a deep pull here, but, you know, go watch some film on Virginia Tech. So he orchestrated a 21-point comeback with five minutes left in the game, which is pretty awesome. And so you've seen him use play action since college, and now he'll be able to get back to it. You know, there, there's some teams out there, Cynthia, that there's some big question marks in regard to their quarterback spot, and, and yet the win totals are out there. One in particular is Carolina at five and a half. Um, so I, I guess, number one, you know, speculating, A, who do you think their starting quarterback is going to be? And, you know, would you jump on a over-under with this team right now? We have to use a cat reference to their cats. I would pounce on the over on this one because – I think that they're going to figure out the quarterback position. They've got a lot of options. They have flexibility in the draft. I don't necessarily think they're going to go with a rookie, but maybe. I think that they're going to get their O-line figured out. Left tackle seems to be something that will be addressed pretty early. And I think they do benefit from playing a crappy schedule. They have the you know, third-place schedule, so that's good. And I think that the NFC is a little bit more achievable for anyone. NFC is just way easier than AFC in general. So you like the over at five and a half right now. Um, another team is All you the San Francisco. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, another, another, another team is the San Francisco 49ers. Now the over under in this is nine and a half. Um, I personally think that they should keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Everything I'm hearing, and I've been talking about this for um, over a year now, is that Trey Lance is just not ready for the NFL. You know, his skill set is remarkable, but um, he he does need a lot of seasoning. Therefore. Uh, you know, A, I guess, you know, what do you believe happens with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers? What are you hearing? And B, would you would you make a move on this line, whether it be over or under? I think that it's probably a double-digit win team, but San Francisco has had a history of a lot of injuries these past few years, so I don't really trust them. I think that Rams line at 10.5, if you really want to target an NFC West team, that's the one that's interesting to me because Seattle has so many question marks. Arizona has so many question marks. I know they started off strong, but it seems to be really weird there right now, and they had a lot of losses in free agency. So I think if there was one in the West I would talk about, I mean, Rams at 10.5 seems low. So you like the over there. I, I want to end on, on two teams that I love. These are the two plays I've already put my money down. One is the Eagles over eight and a half. And I know Giants fans aren't going to like that, but this is an Eagles team and they are loaded. I love what they did in free agency, bolstering their defense, especially the linebacking position. Um, 
you know, they, they have, they're in a really good situation, top 10 in regard to cap space. From what I understand, they're, they're, they're inquiring about Bradbury. Who knows? I'm, I'm hearing that chances are he goes to Kansas City, but nonetheless, they could still make some, some other moves in regard to bringing in some players that are going to help them in their secondary. And talk about draft capital. They have three first-round draft picks in the top 17, yeah. um, which is unbelievable. So I, just, I think the Eagles are in a really, really great position here. I, I like the over eight and a half. I think the Eagles win the division this, this coming season. What are your thoughts on the Eagles? Yeah, I think eight and a half is way too low. I think anytime you have a quarterback, especially a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, then you're going to be in position to at least be contending for your division in that division at least because there's not four quarterbacks that are amazing in that division. So I like that pick. I mean, let's just you – know, you, we've got to give a little knock in the Eagles because this is the New York market, of course. I mean, they'll probably pick the worst wide receiver of all of the ones in the draft, and there are a lot <laughs> of good ones, but whichever one. No, just kidding. But I think that they'll be able to add to their pass-catching game in a lot of interesting ways. And I think that, you know, the center coming back is a big deal. Keeping your O-line the same is a really, really important thing. And then I think, look, their defense is always – you always got to look at their defensive front. And I know that whatever – Uh, And last but not least, let's end on this one. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love the over at seven and a half here. I think people are sleeping on Mitchell Trubisky. I just think we live in a society where we're so stagnant in regard to how we perceive someone. And I think that there's just this stagnant perception of him being a Chicago Bear where uh, he had a horrible coaching staff, not a lot, a lot of weapons to work with. I heard wonderful things about him out of Buffalo. I know uh, you worked with that organization. You work with that franchise, so I'm sure you even know even more than I do about Mitchell Trubisky. He joins a roster with a great running back, solid offensive line, weapons to work with, and an exceptional defense. So I, I, I like the over here at 7.5 for the Steelers. This is probably my second favorite play. What say you? Yeah, I like that one, too. If you look at what Mitchell Trubisky was able to do in his winning season in, in Chicago, it was really effectively use those short passes and mix in an occasional deeper pass. That has been a formula for success for a lot of quarterbacks coming out of college. And remember, he didn't even have a lot of reps. He only played like 20 games in college or started 20 games in college. So he still has a lot of, you know, a lot left in the tank for us to see. And is Mike Tomlin still a coach? Because if he is, then obviously first they like slot in nine wins just for that. Exactly. I can see them winning nine wins for sure, even though it is, it's going to be, I think, a, an, an uber competitive division that AFC North, that's for sure. But uh, I just think so many people are sleeping on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, any final thoughts before we say goodbye and let you uh, continue with your fantastic weekend, my friend? I mean, the only one here that looks a little bit, we're, we're going to do one that I think is maybe a little too hefty. And I think that, I think, Look, Denver at 10.5 looks like a little too many for mm-hmm. me in that division because this thing saying the same amount of wins for Kansas City, Denver, and the Chargers, someone's, something's got to give there. And, and despite Russell Wilson being a great addition, I still have some question marks on Denver. So I think that's yeah, a little I'm- too rich for my blood. I'm I'm with you. I, I think it's I think it's a lot. I, I think the Bucks at eleven and a half is a lot. I think Dallas at ten and a half is a lot. Um I, I think Denver as well is a lot. You you know which you know which one is intriguing to me, and this is in your your backyard, and that's the Chargers. Let me tell you, I love what they did on defense. Now they've got a defense that matches up with just how great their offense is. So but but ten and a half, I, I just again I'm 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 like I'm treading that line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's the problem is, is anything in the West and anything in the North, they're going to beat each other up. So it's going to be hard to get 
out of those divisions with a really high number. Cynthia, you rock as always. Uh, I, I could sit here. I could go through every team. Unfortunately, we just don't have that kind of time. But I so appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the weekend. And um, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, we've just helped people win some money. Uh, again, it's futures bets. Uh, you know, you 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 won't you won't get a return on your money until the end of next football season. But nonetheless, it's fun to dive into. Cynthia, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. She's Cynthia Freeland. You can see her all over the NFL Network. 800-919-3776. You want to call in? You want to chime in? How do you feel? Giants over under 7.5. The Jets over under 5.5. What side are you on and why? I'd love to hear from you. Anita Marks with you. We can wager. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports right here on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to We Can Wager. Anita Marks with you, of course. Uh, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. And, of course, we're going to end the show strong with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He's on with us uh, pretty much uh, every Friday night, which is great. Uh, we're blessed uh, because he has been winning our listeners uh, a, a nice a nice chunk of change. So, Lee, welcome in. We are uh, finally at the final four. It's all come down to this Four blue blood programs. Kansas favored by four against Villanova. Duke favored by four against UNC. So let's jump into the first game, and that's Kansas again, favored by four against Villanova. The over-under is at 134. What is your play here, sir? So everyone and their mother seems to be uh, going with the favorite here. They're feeling that Kansas is going to face a Villanova team without one of their best players. But I think the better play here is the total. So most people, when they see an injury, they think, oh, there goes the scoring. Um, you know, we're going to play the under on the game. For one game, we've seen this song and dance so many times before. For one game, teams can adjust. And you talk about a great coach, and you talk about a great coaching staff, Villanova is it. So they might be the best of the four uh, coaching staffs that are out there for this tournament. And I think they're going to be able to adjust offensively. It's defensively where they're going to have problems. Most of the guys will be playing, filling in here. You know, they just haven't played the amount of minutes. They really have. They played six guys. So uh, that being the case, I think they'll be fine on offense. I just think on defense they're not going to be able to cover Kansas. This Kansas team finally got to get going here and the second half against Miami. They really look good. So, uh, you know, sometimes I think, Abaji, I think he just doesn't shoot enough. And, you know, when he got it going in the second half, he was unstoppable. They were running. Obviously, Villanova wants to slow down the game a little bit. But I made this game like 140, and I'm seeing like, you know, uh, a much lower total here. I'm seeing the low 130s here, and I think it's going to drop closer to game time. I like the uh, I like the over here. I'm going to play the over in the this Kansas and uh, Villanova game. I think we're going to see both teams in the 70s. Um, you know, with, with this this is the only thing. This is where my reservation is. This is a Villanova team. They shot less than 30 percent against Houston. They shouldn't have beaten Houston. The only reason they beat Houston is because Houston missed 10 of their last 11 shots, five straight, and they went one for 20 from downtown. Other than that, Houston, 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 Houston had, Houston had, statistically, they just, they outperformed, um, 
Villanova. So yeah. I, that that's just that, that's that's my biggest concern here in regard to especially losing Justin Moore, second best player, averaging fourteen points a game. Yeah. Um, I think so, I think Houston is special on defense. I think they really get after you. And although Kansas uh, is athletic and they have the ability to play good defense, I don't think they can get at that level. So uh, you know. Playing against Houston is a different level as far as trying to score. So, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's about you know matchups too. So, uh, I just think it's going to be more higher scoring. I think that uh, the public is going to go under here, and I just don't think the, uh, that the offenses will be affected as much as people think. So, you can pick up the scoring for one game. You get to the second, third game, it gets a little bit tougher. So, I'm going to go over here. Uh, more ways to skin a cat here. Um, and, and, and I like your philosophy. If you do like the over here, wait. Don't wager on this right now because I'm with you, Lee. I think this drops to 1.30 uh, before yep. tip-off uh, tomorrow night, 6.09 p.m. Game number two is UNC going up against Duke. Duke is favored by four, which means UNC obviously is getting the points. The over-under here is at 151. What is your play, sir? <laughs> So one of my biggest plays of the year was Duke at North Carolina. Uh, that game, the first game, was played March 5th. And in that game, uh, Duke was laying 11 points. That's right, 11 points in that game. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was, uh, uh, the yeah, that was, that was the, yeah, they were favored by uh, mm-hmm. 11 points, and they yep. just absolutely yep. spanked them. So mm-hmm. I just think that, you're going to see Duke come out and in that game uh, where they beat them, 87-67. I just think that they just have too much here for, for North Carolina. Everything that North Carolina does, Duke does better, except for rebounding and shooting free throws. And if they're up by 8, 9, 10 points, uh, if they miss a free throw here or there, I don't think it's going to matter. So uh, I just think that this team has gotten better. They've had a much tougher road. I mean, you talk about getting to the tournament. Once they got to the tournament, this North Carolina team got to play a very overrated Baylor team. Baylor was one of the worst number one seeds I've seen maybe in the last decade. UCLA, soft, Pac-12, and then St. Peter's, you know, the clock struck uh, 12 just like it did for Miami. So uh, I just think things broke well for them, uh, whereas on the other side – Look what Duke had to play. They had to play uh, Michigan State, who played well in that game, as well as they could probably play. Texas Tech plays good defense. I think it will get them ready for this game. And then Arkansas, uh, who's no slouch. So they've had to play different types of defenses. They've had to play athletic teams, well-coached teams here. I I think Duke, I think it's their destiny to at least get to the final game. So I'm going to lay the four points here. I think North Carolina is going to come back to earth. Interesting. Um, I'm on the opposite side for a variety of reasons. Uh, I think the best play here is the winning winning margin of five points. To yeah. me, I, I th- okay. so so you're not so you're not obviously for, for folks you know what I'm talking about for folks out there listening you're not picking a winner you're just saying that the game is going to be decided within five points. It's probably my favorite play in this matchup. Also, okay. I do like the I do like the over. Uh, it's at 151 right now. I do like the over as well. Last six meetings between these two teams, the over has hit. So, uh, so I, I, I do like that. Now, uh, also something pitch- else to, to factor in here, Anita. Sure. 
uh, Herbert Davis first time Final Four. Coach K has been here before, and so knowing how to prepare your team to play in an environment they've never played. This is not like a big arena. This is a football stadium. So um, you know the backgrounds are different. Um, he'll be able to talk to his players, uh, and I think prepare his team, and and that's important. So. I uh, got Coach K here against uh, a newcomer. So uh, two blue bloods and obviously two talented teams. But uh, coach with that kind of experience has to has to account for something also. Uh, just to give you futures bets in regard to like who you think wins the tournament, then uh, Duke is favored at plus one fifty five. Okay. Um, yep. You've got uh, Kansas at plus one eighty-five. You got Villanova at plus four fifty, and you got North Carolina at five to one. If you relay a futures bet in regard to who do you think wins this whole thing on Monday night, what would it be, Lee? I would I would actually look at Kansas. I think that mm-hmm. as far as a smart wager, Kansas would probably be the way to go. But um, I'm not playing that. So <laughs> I, I like to take things as they come. You know, a player could get injured. You know, that could could factor into it, too. So, I mean, look what happened with Villanova. I love Villanova, you know, a week ago. Now, with the injury, I don't like him as much. Yeah, with Justin Moore out. Uh, yeah. Again, second-best player, averaging 14 points a game. Um, and a really good defender. I mean, 14 points, but a really, really good, good on-the-ball defender. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, let's switch our attention. And, and, and again, uh, Lee Sterling joining us. Uh, you can see him and find him all over Paramount Sports. Uh, let's turn our attention to Major League Baseball. Boys of summer, in action, spring training. It's going to be coming to a close. The season is, is about to start. Uh, really, it's, it's going to be here before we know it. And so let's let's take a look at some of the futures bets out there. Specifically, let's keep it here uh, in in our own backyard, no pun intended, in, remar- in, in regards to the American League East. A lot of high expectations for the Yankees, but some disappointment with Yankee fans in regard to what the what the Yankees were not able to do and who they were not able to uh, sign during the hot stove off season. There's a team you like you like you like coming out of the American League East. Who is it? So, you know, people know about the Yankees. People hear about them in the news. They know the players. But if you look at the Blue Jays, uh, they might have one of the most potent lineups in baseball. Uh, They're finally going to be playing their games in front of a Canadian fan base for the entire season. They didn't last year. A lot of people forgot that. And, uh, uh, you know, with that notoriety of the Yankees and the Red Sox, you're usually going to get some value. I think finally, I've never bet the Blue Jays before in at least a long time, probably 15, 20 years. Um, I just think that they've been disrespected. They added a bona fide number one guy in the rotation, Kevin Gossman, uh, acquired a really strong third baseman, Kevin Chapman, demand third base, and um, even addressed some shortcomings on the base, base pass here. So, uh, the question is bullpen, uh, and who's to say that maybe the second-best pitching staff overall for uh, starting pitching uh, is going to be able to get it going here, uh, you know, only behind Tampa. So they, they do have some, some questions in the bullpen, but you can acquire uh, bullpen help once you get to closer to the trade deadline. And uh, just looking at the Yankees lineup, uh, good, but uh, – you know, the speed, not there. And, and Garrett Cole, behind him, I just don't believe, you know, the rest of the starting pitching here. So um, I think it's a gift here 
uh, right now in the preseason. So you don't like to keep your, your money tied up for six months, but uh, I think this is a strong play for me. Toronto Blue Jays to win the AL East plus 185. You can bet a little here, win a whole lot. Um, I, I like it, um, especially if you're getting it plus 185. Those are some really good odds. I'm seeing them in or around anywhere between plus 150. Uh, so if you could get it at one one eighty five, that's fantastic. Um, let's talk about the Cubs. Uh, that's another team that you're eyeing, maybe not in regards to winning their division, but definitely in their uh, their win loss total. What's your play yep. here? So the Cubs were not a good team last year. They were uh, this year. I think they're going to be much worse. They won seventy one games two thousand twenty one, but. It was almost all because they caught fire in the month of May and took advantage of really slow starts by the, the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals. But then after the trade, line, trade deadline, they're 27-45 second half of the season. Um, they were on pace for just 60 wins here after moving Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and the rest of their, their key core. So uh, biggest offseason move, bring in Marcus Stroman. I guess that's their, uh, a nice move, but... In my opinion, he's only a number three starter at this point in his career. He's joining a starting pitching staff that's already bottom five in the National League in a division uh, where they have to play almost 20 games against the Cardinals and the Brewers. I think it's going to be a real down season here for the Cubs at Wrigley. Yeah, uh, they might beat up on the Pirates, but everyone beats up the Pirates. They're in full rebuild mode here, are the Cubs. Uh, They also have some issues in management with Theo Epstein leaving and the ownership group trying to uh, purchase an English Premier League team, and uh, I just don't think the focus uh, this season is going to be on the team on the field. So I think they're going to be lucky to win seventy games, under seventy-five and a half, plus one hundred. I think it's a strong play. Um, in, in looking at that uh, that that National League Central division, the Brewers are favored to win at minus one sixty-five. You mentioned the Cards at plus two fifteen, the Cubs at eleven to one, the Reds at seventeen to one, the Pirates at seventy-five to one. Um, are you are you on the Brewers here or or the Cardinals? Who do you, who, who do you, who like do you like coming out of this? I like the Brewers probably more than the Cardinals, but um, mm-hmm. you know sometimes you play you know sometimes you play a team to win a division. Sometimes you play over and under. And last year was all over Arizona. Arizona Diamondbacks. You are talking about a bad team? They were almost unwatchable. So the Cubs not quite on that level, but uh, not much better. So. Uh, you know, enjoy the beer, enjoy the hot dogs, enjoy the scenery, uh, the afternoon if you go to a game at Wrigley. But uh, the home team's going to lose a lot this year. He is Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Just to recap his plays heading into this weekend, and of course, bigger picture when it comes to Major League Baseball. Uh, in the Kansas-Villanova uh, game, he likes the over. Right now it's at 133. The public is on the under, so that line might drop. You might want to wait until tip-off. Maybe it drops to 130. He likes the over there, and he does like Duke, minus four against UNC. Major League Baseball, Toronto Blue Jays winning the American League East at plus 185, and the Cubs under 75.5 win total on the season. Lucky to win 70 games. Uh, why don't you let the folks know exactly where they can find you, how they can find you, and, and all that good stuff. Well, we do it all. We do football, uh, basketball. Uh, still have the NBA season. That goes to June. Hockey playoffs. Uh, last couple of years, probably top five in the world. And uh, baseball starting next week. And even USFL football and UFC, we were actually in London uh, 
two weeks ago for that uh, event, uh, UFC Fight Night London. So we do it all, probably top five in the world and everything. You want to hop on board, check us out, check out all the offerings, ParamountSports.com, or you can reach me here at the office, 800-400-9741. Fantastic. Great stuff. Lee, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Anita. So, again, Lee Sterling joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, you know, and, and, and just to kind of piggyback on, on what he said, unfortunately, I'm, I'm on the opposite. He likes the over. I, I like the under in regard to the Kansas-Villanova uh, game. Uh, again, I just – Villanova to shoot 30%, and I understand Houston is, is an entirely different animal, but to me, Kansas is the most complete team still alive in this tournament and they do play good defense. So uh, a a reason why I do believe that Villanova, I think they'll be lucky if they shoot over 40%. Also Kansas is a team, you know, pick your poison. Uh, They can, they can make it a track meet or they can slow it down. And I do believe that they slow it down against Villanova. So I'm, I'm, I'm oppositely. I'm on the under at 133, uh, but probably my favorite play is Kansas. I love Kansas. Again, uh, I'll lay the four. I'll lay the four and a half. I just feel the loss of Justin Moore, not only offensively, but as Lee pointed out defensively, I think is a huge hit for this Kansas team. Uh, Villanova, their rotation was six guys. Now they're now they're only down to five. What does that mean? Uh, they're going to have to go to the bench. Jay Wright's going to have to go to the bench, and there's going to be some guys that are going to be playing some minutes that they're not used to playing. Keep that in mind um, all season long because it's been a real, really, really light uh, rotation for uh, for Villanova. On top of that, as I said, Kansas, I just think that they're the most complete team in the tournament, uh, less, especially in the Final Four. And really the elixir here has been Remy Martin uh, scoring 20 points off the bench. So it's, it's the tale of two stories when it comes to bench play. I get that Villanova is really great uh, in regards to free throw shooting, and I, I get that Kansas is not. Um, but I just think I just think offensively and the star power and, and what Kansas is going to be able to bring to the table, uh, the, the 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 free free throw line and, and and the difference in percentage and ranking um, isn't going to be as big of, of a factor. In fact, I think this game could get ugly um, by I don't know maybe five seven minutes left in the game. I, I think this game could get really ugly. In regards to North Carolina and Duke. Again, unfortunately, I'm on the opposite side than Lee. I like UNC getting the points. I like them getting four. They beat Duke 94 to 81 on their home court on senior night. Um, now, you know, is this a much different Duke team than they were back then prior to the tournament starting? Yes. And Lee pointed out, made some great points in regard to the road to get to the final four. Um, was was it more difficult for Duke? Did they have more grueling opponents? They did, but not to take any. I, I had UCLA coming out of the region uh, that U, UNC. So UNC played some really good talent and and was able to advance. Maybe not as as competitive as Duke, but it wasn't like it was a walk in the park. I just <coughs> excuse me. I just think UNC matches up extremely well against Duke. They contest in the paint. They've only allowed ninety points in the paint this tournament. They're the second-best rebounding team. Uh, They're long. They've got a lot of size. They're athletic. So what does that mean? They can contend and contest on the perimeter against three-point shooting. They've got a deep roster. So uh, so I I like UNC getting the points. But again, I think probably my favorite bet on Saturday is that the UNC and Duke game will be be determined within a five-point margin. And to me, I think that's the safest bet and the way to go. I also like the over the last six times 
uh, these two blue blood programs have gone up against each other, uh, the over has hit. So those are those are those are my plays. Um, anyway, uh, we've uh, we've touched on a lot tonight. I thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank Cynthia Freeland for joining us, as well as Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, uh, touching on a variety of topics, not just uh, you know March Madness, but talked about football as the win totals. For the teams came out this week so that was fun to dive into some uh, major league baseball futures bets some nba talk and of course um all of you participating in the show as well so i appreciate you we've got brian and jacob who are producing the show so gentlemen thank you as always i appreciate you as well uh, this weekend a little different uh time for me uh so both saturday and sunday i'm on from 9 to 12 30. so i'll be back on tomorrow morning 9 to 12 30 getting you ready for the final four really excited about it and dallin cough cuff is going to join us join me on the program which is going to be great um and then of course sunday recap march madness and then of course we'll talk some nba as well got bobby marks who's joining us on the program over the week um jim duquette to talk about major league baseball and the mets so i'm excited about our weekend shows again you can find me uh, both saturday and sunday from 9 a.m to 12 30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. But again, I want to thank you for tuning in to Week in Wager. As always, it's brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.